Hi everyone, I'm Amelia Quint, and you're listening to Bad Astrologers, where we take a cultural, spiritual, literary, and mythological look at the heavens. For today's episode, we're going to talk about Mars retrograde. So, likely you already know that the astrology of this fall is, well, bad. (laughs) If you follow me for a while, you also know that I very rarely, if ever declare something flatly bad or negative, but I would be in remiss if I didn't tell you that what we're up against in autumn is ugly. So I know it might seem early since Mars retrograde doesn't properly begin until September 9th, but the shadow period starts this Saturday and I want you to be prepared. So (laughs) I have a lot of information, um, like I always do. (laughs) Um, I'm about to break down what Mars retrograde is, how it works, and the best strategies I've figured out through years of astrological consulting for how to cope with it. Um, I'll also give you some myths to help you understand on a spiritual level what this is all about and the specific dates to mark on your calendar so you can get ready well in advance. So without further ado, let's get into it. So what exactly is Mars retrograde? If you're newer to astrology, I'm sure you've heard of Mercury retrograde and all the havoc that it can wreak, Um, but this is a a similar scenario. So Mars, the planet of action, desire, um, getting things done. Um, When it has a retrograde period, which I would like to stress is an optical illusion, Um, anything related to Mars, like uh, sex, competition, new projects, ambition, um, can get misdirected, stymied, frustrated in some way. Um, Mostly because since it is an optical illusion, this is a call to see things from a different perspective or to adopt a different strategy than you've used in the past. If you try to continue with whatever your regular everyday approach is, I can guarantee you you're going to become exhausted, (laughs) deeply confused and frustrated, and just probably really angry. Um, But if you're willing to try new things, to look for the loopholes, and find better, faster, harder, stronger ways to do what you're doing, this can actually be... (sighs) I would not say that it would be experienced as subjectively positive, but it can be a good thing in the end. So here's why you might not experience it as positive in the moment. So Mars is one of the two traditional malefic planets, and so the retrograde can be especially persnickety. Um, I have to be honest with you, I don't have really any positive memories from a Mars retrograde. I was doing some research into like the last... 10 years, I guess, as I was writing this episode. Um, And they always tend to be times that are really, really challenging, but also times of great breakthroughs. Um, Since it is related to ambition, if you are just banging your head against a project and not getting any traction, sometimes Mars retrograde will come through and say, no, 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 no. That road is blocked for a reason. This other road is open for you and you're going to need to go down it whether you like it or not. Um, but everyone's chart is different and you might have a different experience than me. Um, I'm also a Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars. And so those transits tend to affect us more. Um, so Mars retrograde happens every other year for a little over two months. Um, and during that period, you edit, revise and update your strategies and motivations and desires. So like it usually goes a little bit like this. There's something you've wanted so badly, and by the end, you're either more fired up than ever to get it because you've had to go through hell to accomplish it, or you find that that desire fizzles out along the way, or maybe you get it and you realize it doesn't fulfill you in the way that you thought it would, which happens. Um, We get big wins in life and then realize like, "Mm, that wasn't, it didn't make me feel the way I thought it was going to make me feel. Um relationships are always a big question during Mars retrograde uh, that I get. So um, the general advice is that relationships started during Mars retrograde can be a flash in the pan. It can be something that's like very intense, very steamy, very hot for a short period of time. 
Um, but not always. It's complicated. And I think the relationship status of any uh, relationship sort of centered around or started during a Mars retrograde is <laughs> definitely it's complicated. It's not impossible, but it is complicated and you will have to be willing to do lots of inner emotional work to make it happen. It can often reveal sort of deep inner truths about yourself that like, you know, if you're just trying to have a good time, that might not be the relationship for you, but food for thought. So what exactly happens during a Mars retrograde? I know we got at that a little bit, but in your external world during Mars retrograde, I will say that it tends to bring out the passive aggressive side in all of us. I say us very intentionally. It is not just them. It is not just your coworker or your partner. Um, we all, because this Mars energy is being directed quite differently, um, will have more difficulty expressing um, in a forthcoming way how we feel. And that isn't necessarily out of like anger or malice. It can be out of fear or anxiety of how those feelings will be received by someone else. So I would say during Mars retrograde, a heaping helping of compassion is absolutely required. And I know it's hard. And I know especially during this Mars retrograde, we are all absolutely going to get compassion fatigue. But you just have to keep doing it. And I think what we'll find is that love is a renewable resource that will not run out. But more on that later. So more tea. Sorry, everybody. Um, I've witnessed more than a few underhanded schemes or betrayals under Mars retrograde, so obviously don't become paranoid or anything, but it is always a good idea to protect yourself, um, watch your back, and just stay away from people who tend to have some toxic tendencies. And, you know, I don't like to label people as just toxic. Normally, it's a good person having a bad experience and so is behaving in a way that is hurtful or even harmful to other people. Um, but just be aware that that can be in the air and protect yourself in like a very literal um, material world kind of way and also protect yourself in a spiritual way with cleansings and candles. And I have lots of tips on that later on. Um, more traditional advice for Mars retrograde is that if it's at all possible, it's in your best interest to avoid starting new things. Um, so because Mars is your fuel, basically, for anything you want to do, when things are started during the retrograde, um, you might find that you just don't have the creative fuel to get it done. Um, that is not always true, and I don't love giving that advice for any retrograde because, like, life goes on. You cannot put your life on hold for a retrograde in any sort of complete sense. But what you can do, like I keep saying, is you can change your strategy to be just a little bit different and get around, um, you know, these, these loopholes. Like, for example, with Mercury retrograde, something that I found is you can kind of if you're smart, you can find things that are like mislabeled sometimes. It's happened to me. I got this crystal one time. I'm not really a crystal person. It was so beautiful, this rose quartz. And it was mislabeled from $111 to $11. I genuinely, like, I didn't know it until I went to buy it. But yeah, like, you can find amazing deals on things. So with Mars retrograde, it's similar. Like, sometimes you can find like a Ugh, gross, I hate this phrase, but like a life hack to help you find a way to be more efficient and not like martyr yourself working your ass off all the time. So um, definitely be on the lookout for productivity strategies that can like, um, you know, save you emotional labor. Like there is nothing wrong with that for sure. Um, also, if you can't avoid starting something new, your best bet is to work on the project in secret and then launch it after Mars goes direct, Beyonce style. So stealth is your ally here. The ultimate in this is that Lemonade, the album Lemonade, was released during a Mars retrograde. And I find that so beautiful because not only was it a surprise release that just sort of took the world um, by storm and, and amazed everyone. Um, it was also Beyonce working through so much of her um, hidden, secret, internalized rage about the difficulties in her marriage and the injustices that exist within um, America and the larger world. So yeah, 
that's <laughs> that's how you can do a Mars retrograde really well. Obviously, Beyonce is the one to like make it work. So, um, finally, in the external realm, my one rule that is not to be broken for Mars retrograde. Again, my one rule is that traditionally, whoever initiates a fight loses. So this is like um, Sun Tzu type shit. Um, actually, The Art of War is great uh, Mars retrograde reading. I know Mystic Medusa has recommended that a zillion times. I actually bought it during a Mars retrograde and um, can recommend like using it for bibliomancy. So what I mean by that is like, hold a question in your mind, open it up, and point your finger and see what it lands on. That is absolutely magical. Um, but yeah, whoever initiates loses. So you're going to get into conflicts. You can't put your life on hold. But if there is a way that it doesn't have to be you to start the conflict, that is the only way to go. I promise you this is a tried and true strategy that has worked for me many times. So listen, <laughs> um, just just try it out. And I think that you will be happy with the results. So what about um, emotionally, right? So less like when you go out into the world, what do you do? Like any retrograde takes the energy of the planet and directs it more inwards. So when the energy of Mars turns inwards, there's definitely some dangerous patterns that can come up, but it can also be a great time to uh, review how you tend to react to certain triggers as well. So what I mean by that is that Mars retrograde, we all have self-destructive tendencies in our own unique ways. Um, and Mars retrograde will highlight them. They will totally come to the fore. But I think the best thing that you can do is be aware of them, journal about them, go into therapy if that will help you. Um, talk to a trusted confidant. Make sure that you get consent to, you know, talk about deep stuff with them first. But, you know, find someone who you can open up to it can really help you heal and move through some of that. Um, since this Mars retrograde will be in Aries, which is the sign of anger and rage, um, repressed rage can totally like come out like a volcano, just like boil over for sure. Um, but on the positive side, I think that during Mars retrograde, you can go within and become connected to sort of a deep inner spiritual power source and internal reservoir of strength that can help you get through this. Oftentimes, the universe or whatever you believe in will put you in situations where you don't have any other choice but to go into that inner reservoir of strength because that's just the way it is. So be open to having that experience. Um, be willing to accept you know, divine help or just help from your friends. And I think that we'll all come through this healthier and and better. Maybe not happier right away, but in the long term, I definitely think that's available to us. So I've definitely shit on Mars retrograde for about 15 minutes now. Um, so I want to talk about like what's the best thing you can do during a Mars retrograde? Like, what's the point? Is it just to piss you off? And I'm sure there will be times during this period where, yeah, you probably will think that, yeah, the point is just to piss you off. But it's not, I promise. So if I had to distill it down, I would say that the point of Mars retrograde is to find more sustainable strategies and fulfilling desires even if it's a painful process to get there. So I've been thinking of Mars retrograde as anger management in a couple of ways, um, especially with Mars retrograde and Aries. We're gonna have all we're gonna be feeling all different kinds of ways, and stuff is gonna come up, and we're gonna have to handle it. So the first way that I think of Mars retrograde as anger management is that Aries is about leadership. And we're going to have to learn how to manage, self-regulate, and lead and direct both ourselves and others. It's going to require you to step up and be the adults in the room, even when it's just regulating yourself, right? And I'm saying that now, but I know how hard it's going to be, even especially for me, um, looking at where it is in my chart. 
Um, you know, I was thinking about like, you're definitely outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned, and you still have to make it work. But if you can do it with character, that is what this transit is for. Integrity matters. And this is one of those situations where you will build that integrity muscle and people will look back and say, you know what? I saw the way they acted during X, Y, and Z crisis and they're a good person or wow, they really stepped up and helped so-and-so, helped the group, helped society, helped themselves. They really fought for justice and did the right thing. So that's really important. Um, sometimes a Mars retrograde is for finding out what kind of person you really are. And courage is absolutely required. Um, also, I don't mean to make it sound like we all have to behave like saints because none of us are. Um, there will be times during Mars retrograde where you mess up. And especially thinking about the cultural climate right now, messing up is inevitable. And it's more about how do you respond to that mess up, right? Like, are you going to take accountability? Or are you going to try and sidestep that responsibility, right? Take accountability, step up, have responsibility for yourself, and be brave. That's really all you can do. Um, I also think with Mars retrograde as anger management about the fact that Aries um, and Mars both have to do with the physical body. And so the phrase that comes to mind with this is the kinesthetics of rage or like ecstatic anger, right? Like you can learn to use your rage as a resource and, and anger as almost like a divination, like when our feelings are just information. So pay attention to feelings of anger that might come up. Where are you carrying that in your body? What can you learn from that? And there's no like hard and fast, like mystical answer to the question. It's really up to you to, um, you know, journal it out or dance it out or exercise it out or even breathe it out. Like whatever your body is able to do, um, notice where you're carrying those Mars-based emotions. Notice how your body feels. Notice where the tension is. And that will be a really powerful lesson from this Mars retrograde as well. Okay, so it's time to get into the specifics of this actual Mars retrograde. I have the dates. Get ready with your pen and paper or your notes app. Let's be honest. So the Mars shadow period, which is when Mars gets to the degree um, that it's ultimately going to retrograde back to starts this Saturday, July 25th at 9.19 a.m. Eastern time. All times that I list will be in Eastern uh, East Coast time for the United States. Um, and then on September 9th at 6.22 p.m., Mars retrograde begins in Aries at 28 degrees. And it will station direct on November 13th at 7.35 p.m. at 15 degrees. And then the, the kicker with this is that the shadow period is not going to end until 2021, January 2nd of 2021. So what happens now is going to be the story that you're working through through the end of 2020. So... Sorry to break it to you. Or maybe that can be liberating. You can say like, okay, I get it. Like, this is my cosmic to-do and I'm going to do the fuck out of this. I am going to become great at whatever the un whatever gauntlet the universe is throwing down. Like, I'm ready. Let's do it. So speaking specifically about this Mars retrograde, what will it be like? Um, in short, not great. Um, or maybe like a, a great and terrible retrograde. You could think about it that way. Um, step by step, unpacking all of the different influences that are going to come into play. The first thing that you'll need to know is that it's an Aries, um, which is ruled by Mars. So it's dominant. What I mean by that is that Mars will have full access to its power, the fiery, intensity, volatility, desire, passion, anger, rage, all of that just unbridled. Um, I had described Mars and Aries as uh, like driving a beautiful red Ferrari around this racetrack, just going as fast as you possibly can, enjoying like the incredible engineering and like beauty of the thing, right? Um, 
But Mars retrograde is like if you had to drive that Ferrari around the racetrack backwards, that would be terrible. <laughs> um, you could probably do it. You would want to do it slowly and deliberately and not do any like evil Knievel moves. Um, but especially this time around, uh, it's going to be square Saturn the whole time. And Saturn is obstacles. So it's kind of like driving backwards through an obstacle course. I was thinking about um, Run the Jewels, who I love, and the LP uh, line, you can all run naked backwards through a field of dicks. And I kind of feel like that's what this retrograde is going to be. Um, I don't know, like, I hope that it's as much of a jam as that song is, but <laughs> we'll see, like, um, that sort of righteous run the jewels style anger is definitely, uh, carries some of this energy, but anyways, yeah, so in Aries, it's dominant, um, but square Saturn, it's gonna be extra hard, and here's why, so, Mars and Saturn are the two traditional malefics, but they both function completely opposite one another. So Mars, the action of Mars is wanting to forge ahead and hurry up and just get fucking going. And Saturn is slow it down or grinding to a screeching halt. So when you have those two things squaring off with each other, the level of frustration that that can cause is just like, I can't even describe to you how just irritating it might be. Um, I feel like we got a taste of this back with the Mars-Saturn conjunction in the spring um, in Aquarius, but this is going to be more difficult. Sorry, everybody. You've been warned. <laughs> um, also, you know, Mars and Saturn are kind of the villains of of astrology, and so I think about them as being like, you know, how can you inhabit your own personal, like, badass villain role? Um, I, I'm sort of calling this the fire and blood transit um, because I'm reading fire and blood and, and I love it. I'm still an unapologetic Game of Thrones lover. Um, you know, like, I think part of this is going to be for those in the room who did watch Game of Thrones, um, you know, the dragons growing up and you being able to say, Dracarys, right, to whatever in your life needs to be burnt the fuck down. Um, but you will have to wield that. With that great power comes great responsibility. And we all saw what happened to Daenerys in the end. So sorry, spoiler alert. Speaking of um, female wild women, uh, Mars retrograde also stations conjunct Lilith and Eris. Now, y'all know how much I love these bad women in astrology. Um, so Lilith is the first wife of Adam, um, who was banished forthwith from the Garden of Eden. I almost said the Kingdom of Rohan. Oh my gosh, it's been a long year. Um, banished from the Garden of Eden because she wanted to have sex with him in a different position besides missionary. And he was like, no, that makes me feel threatened. And so um, she was Spanish and came to be known as the mother of demons in the, Ju the Jewish tradition. Um, and in astrology, her energy is very um, disruptive. And she does help tap into that sort of righteous anger aspect of things. And also the um, w female wildness that can't be contained, that kind of um, intense emotion and sexuality, frankly. Um, and Eris, as we've talked about on this podcast, uh, was the goddess of discord who threw out the golden apple for Hera, Aphrodite, and Athena to fight over. It said for the fairest on it. And uh, they all uh, got into a fight trying to convince Paris uh, to give it to them. And we all know how that ended. There was a whole Trojan War thing. <laughs> so... Since it's stationing retrograde on this extremely untamable, almost, um, what is the word that I'm trying to think of? Like inevitable or um, senseless female aspects, right? Like there is a trickster quality to this. It's like, I'm just going to fuck with things or like stir this shit because I can. Um, I think 
we'll have to come to terms with that within ourselves. Like, I feel like we're made in society to feel ashamed for having anger that might be totally justified in a situation. Um, and so learning how to feel that anger, express it in a way that will be heard, like, that is the challenge that we're up against here. Um, the retrograde also um, stations in a T-square with Venus and Saturn. Um, so obviously Venus is the love goddess and Saturn we've talked about plenty. So the image that I get in my head is like the untamable wild feminine fighting with the acceptable restrained feminine and, and you have to balance those energies within yourself somehow. Um, more broadly, the retrograde station happens square the whole Capricorn shebang. So all year we've had planet so many planets in and out of Capricorn which includes Saturn but also Jupiter Pluto and Pallas Athena so what I think this is is really you or all of us railing against the restrictions and difficulties and impossible situations that have been thrust upon all of us throughout this garbage year that has been 2020 um so the really tricky part where the trickster quality definitely comes into play is that this Mars retrograde is not playing nice with Mercury at all. So let me lay out the scenario for you. People are already going to be frustrated because Mars retrograde is hard enough as it is. And square to Saturn, it's going to be even harder. So with Mercury adding an additional level of challenge, they're going to be big mad and want you to know about it, or vice versa. Um, so Mercury is going to oppose Mars retrograde on September 24th, which is the same day that a Mercury retrograde shadow period begins. <laughs> and then Mercury will be retrograde in Scorpio um, from... October 13th to November 3rd. So Scorpio is ruled by Mars, making this even more complicated. So if we go back to the idea of Mars as the body, then this is really about body language, which we talked about already. It's what is your body communicating to you? How do you feel your instincts? And what tensions are you carrying that you just can't deal with anymore? Um, you know, having those two retrogrades together is going to be incredibly difficult. It won't happen the whole time, but it's definitely going to lend a certain flavor since the shadow period kind of takes up most of the retrograde too, um, to make it especially challenging. So speaking of challenges, when I looked at the aspects that Mars is going to make throughout this retrograde, I was like, well, well, certainly there has to be like some kind of silver lining. Like we got to have something to look forward to. So out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine aspects, we only have two, really just one positive in quotes aspect out of that entire group. Um, the rest of them are really difficult squares, oppositions um, that are going to just, again, the obstacle course things come to, <laughs> come to mind. Um, it's going to start out square to Venus um, and then oppose Mercury. Um, we get a brief reprieve that I'm quite excited about on September 28th um, when Venus trines Mars. Um, I think that could be just like one brief moment of comfort or healing or like a small win, a small victory, or at least getting your sense of pleasure back for like a split second. But then immediately the day after, we have the um, Mars-Saturn square exact. Um, and then October 9th, we have Mars square Pluto. Mars square Pluto is really challenging because it, it highlights power dynamics um, if something is off in your power dynamic on your team at work or in a romantic relationship, you'll definitely know it then. So like mark that on your calendar. Um, on October 10th, we have Mars sextile the nodes. That was the one that I was like, eh, not sure. But I think if we're looking for any silver lining, like I'll take it. I think that will be the, the brief glimmer of hope where you see like, okay, this is the direction of destiny that this Mars retrograde is pushing me towards. Um, there is like a little light at the end of this tunnel, even if it is like barely visible, like just like a crack through the door. 
um, and that, that you're going to get through. Um, I also love that it's happening at 4.44 a.m. Um, that feels magical to me. Um, October 13th is definitely one to mark on the calendar. That's when the sun opposes Mars retrograde. So whenever the sun aspects um, something like this, it kind of illuminates it or highlights it. It puts it in the spotlight. So I would say that day is going to be um, potentially a big news day where we'll get more information about, um, you know, what this retrograde means on a macro level. Um, that is also the day that Mercury retrograde begins. So... <laughs> Um, just to add another layer of complexity to it, you see how the two are quite interwoven with each other. Um, on October 19th, Mars squares Jupiter. Um, I'm on the fence what I think that's going to feel like. Sometimes Mars square Jupiter can be like someone over, someone or yourself overstepping in a way that ends up being positive for you. Like it, it's an abundance of self-confidence. Um, so you either end up like putting yourself in a situation where that gumption really helps you, or you could put your foot in your mouth and be embarrassed about it. Maybe it'll be a little bit of both. Um, and then finally, um, on November 9th, we have Venus in Libra opposite Mars and Aries, which I kind of like, and here's why. So Venus in Libra is also dominant. So like, out of all these things that we have looked at, like this is when we finally have a force that can sort of compete with Mars and Aries. Like we're all going to be exhausted of the action of Mars of like go, go, go in each other's faces, constant aggression all the time. And I think Venus and Libra opposing uh, Mars retrograde on November 9th is going to be people pushing back and saying like, no, we want the beauty back. We want you know, the, the softness and the pleasure and the gentleness and the compassion. Like, I can only hope that that's what that's going to look like. And then by that time, we'll have the, um, the direct station. So that's the landscape of what we're dealing with. Um, I paused for a, a second because, you know, yes, people have been asking me, uh, yes, this is happening during the United States election. Um, I'm not a mundane astrologer, so I can't, I mean, I can speak to it. I just don't necessarily think that it's helpful. Astrologers have been talking about how difficult the 2020 election year w was going to be for a while now. Um, you know, I think we already know from the news, the statements that have, or rather in some cases haven't been made about whether people will accept the results of the election, people being the American president. Um, I think it's one of those Kobayashi Maru situations where, uh, for the Star Trek fans in the room, it is a, a test that the, um, officers in Starfleet have to take to pass the Academy, um, where the test is rigged and you lose every single time. And the point is that you have to lose making the right decisions. Um, and by right, I mean decisions that show you have integrity and character and grace. Um, and I think that this is kind of like a Kobayashi Maru moment for the American people. Um, one, one can only wonder what's going to happen, but I think that the most important thing is that we have to go out and vote and we have to go out and vote for the candidate that is going to view all Americans of every single color and creed and gender identity and sexuality and everything else that I haven't even mentioned as human beings and, and express genuine care for the health of our nation. So rant over. <laughs> um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about, so I've always found Mars to be a difficult planet, probably because I personally have a difficult Mars placement. It is the base of my grand mutable cross I keep yelling at y'all about at um, 29 degrees Pisces. So like it's the very end of the Zodiac and uh, Mars just gets tired. So, you know, I, I struggle to understand, like, I understand Mars, but, like, I struggle to feel into Mars in that sort of um, ineffable, immediate Mars way. Um, and I, I did until I started looking into some alternative mythologies 
for what Mars can mean. So, you know, Aries is very much like the patriarch, the warrior, and it's very masculine and very, I don't know, like I just, I don't get it. Like I read Aries myths and I just don't feel anything for that. But when I started thinking of Mars as Athena, the Greek goddess of war and wisdom, it all started to make sense to me. Like she is truly Mars. She, her, all of her epithets and attributes are things that are related to the energy of Mars. So if you are feeling lost and you don't vibe with the like super hyper-masculine warrior thing, look at Athena. She has copious myths and legends, um, the Iliad, Odyssey, in the Metamorphoses, so much, also known as Minerva in the Roman pantheon. Um, although as Minerva, you know, she's not, she's still a warrior, but is more focused on her, her smarts and her craftsmanship. Um, but when we go to the Greek Athena, um, you know, she was the warrior goddess that led, um, you know, an empire. Um, one epithet of hers that I think is incredibly useful for Mars retrograde is promakos. Um, it means first into battle. So if you look up Athena promakos, um, you'll see her statues of her with her or imagery of her with her spear lifted, stepping forward, like ready to thrust. And if you want to really get into some intense metaphors, like Google, I, I love ancient weapons because I'm a huge nerd. So like Google how deadly the spear was and what an awesome weapon it was. But yeah, like she is stepping forward into the battle, right? And from the Homeric hymn 11, I, I read this all the time and I love it. It says, Dread is she, and with Ares she loves the deeds of war, the sack of cities, and the shouting and the battle. So, first of all, let's unpack this. I love that it says dread is she. It, it didn't say everyone's so excited that Athena showed up to the party, right? It, it says dread is she. Like, people tremble in her presence because she is so powerful and so beautiful, right? And I think that we can think about Mars energy the same way. Like, I think to limit the energy of Mars to some sort of like self-empowerment bullshit is just not enough. We need to take it further. We need to allow ourselves to experience that, that kind of intensity and dread within ourselves. Like there is a place for that. Um, and I adore that it says that she loves the deeds of war and the shouting and the battle, right? Um, I think that for Mars retrograde, we're going to have to love the shouting in the battle, right? Because it's there. It's not going to go away. And ultimately, victory is a thing to be relished, right? So enjoy it. Enjoy your personal victories. Enjoy your conquests. And enjoy the process of fucking winning, right? Because you deserve it. Um, another one of Athena's epithets that is fascinating is that she is the deceiver, which is an epithet traditionally applied to Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan. Okay, so here's where that comes in. Um, in the Odyssey especially, Athena often shapeshifts and appears as other people. Like, for example, mentor. That's like where we get the word mentor. She appears as this older man um, to instruct uh, Telemachus, which is Odysseus' son in his absence, um, and like teach him how to do worship. Um, so, you know, she also rewards Odysseus, who, you know, she's his patron, pa patron, oh my gosh, easy for me to say. Um, she rewards him for his cunning and for his coming up with these clever solutions that exploit loopholes in these like really difficult situations that he's confronted with. Um, and I love that because that's often how Mars retrograde works too. You'll be confronted with a situation that seems impossible and totally opaque, but you can come up with some sort of weird workaround that like lets you escape the Cyclops. And yeah, that's, that's the best advice I've got. Like meditate on Athena and, uh, read the Odyssey. I know that I say that in like every single episode, but I especially mean it this time. Um, for more Mars mythology, think about the destructive aspect of the goddess. So 
Um, when I think about Mars, I also think about the Egyptian Sekhmet, the lioness goddess, who was the wrathful emanation of Hathor, who happened to be their love goddess. Um, she came forth from the eye of Ra, which was also meant to be a protective um, symbol to fight against people who are conspiring against the gods. Um, but she took it too far, and Ra had to trick her with beer dyed with red ochre um, to make it look like blood, right? Because she was like drinking the blood of her enemies and all the people that she had killed. Um, so eventually she became too drunk to destroy the whole earth. <laughs> um, and I feel like that has big Mars retrograde energy. Um, her epithets are also mistress of dread. We have the word dread coming up again, lady of slaughter and she who mauls, which is like the most metal thing I can think of. Um, another thing about Sekma is that she's also associated with plagues and healing from plagues and asteroid Sekma will be conjunct the sun at the time that Mars stations retrograde. So I feel like that adds a very interesting and unique layer of magic to this as well. Um, in the Hindu pantheon, we also have Kali, who I know is like a well-known figure among um, feminist readings and mythology, but she's a, a terrifying aspect of warrior goddess Durga that shares a really similar myth to Sekhmet. Um, she is fighting a demon, um, who like keeps cloning himself. Uh, and so the way that she stops the cloning from happening is she licks up all the blood like off the ground so that he can't clone himself again out of his own blood. I know it's so intense. Um, but she becomes drunk on the blood of these demons and ends up destroying everything around her. And ultimately her consort Shiva who's also a god of destruction had to lay down at her feet to get her to stop she did not realize how much destruction she had wrought until she stepped on her husband and was like oh shit I should probably chill um but Kali is such a powerful image of the dark goddess like adorned with skulls and body parts and you know she really embodies that ego death that I've talked about on this podcast that I feel like is um, uh, glorified by new age types, but to actually, it is another thing that is not a subjectively fun experience, even if it is maybe good. Um, so yeah, Kali, meditating on Kali. I have a Kali um, statue in my home and have meditated on her for many long years. So highly recommend, but do be careful. Um, I do think it's interesting that both of these goddesses like literally drink the blood of their enemies. It's <laughs> some really dark shit, but um, mythology can go really, really far and it's just lovely. Um, again, like we mentioned, the retrograde station is happening on the goddesses of discord and destruction, Eris and Lilith. And I also think of from the Thelemic um, tradition, Babylon, um, the whore of Babylon, who is like all consuming um, all destroying. Uh, so that's another archetype that you could meditate on as well. Um, but ultimately what I'm trying to get at by telling you all these myths as it relates to Mars and Aries is that this is ultimately the destructive aspect of creation. Um, the question you got to ask yourself is like, what do you absolutely need to raise to the ground in order to rebuild? And that's going to depend on where this lands in your chart, right? So if it lands in your 10th house, maybe you need to just demolish your current career strategy and start over. Or maybe you need to, and that doesn't have to be as dramatic as it sounds, right? Like it could be as simple as like you shifting your mindset to say, I'm not going to put up with this bullshit anymore and not doing it. Think about the ramifications of that. What would it be like if you stop putting up a bullshit in your career? These small changes can have incredible ripple effects. So speaking of, I want to talk now about how to cope with Mars retrograde. This is my list of, like I said, tried and true uh, coping mechanisms, strategies, like whatever you want to call it, that I've seen work for my clients, for myself. Um, but before I go into them, I just want to say we're in unprecedented times. Ugh, I hate when people say that. It's like, yeah, obviously. But sometimes a reminder that this is not normal life is essential, right? So I'm about to list out these coping strategies. But even if you try five, six, seven, eight of them, 
and you still feel like shit, that's all right. In fact, I would say maybe that is the lesson of this Mars retrograde is that sometimes you just have to be with the challenge, be with the difficult feelings, be on the battlefield as bloody and disgusting as it might be, show up as your whole self. So how do you cope with a Mars retrograde? What do you do? First and best advice is work with people you already know or that are already in your sphere of influences. It's kind of like a no new friends <laughs> type situation. I'm kidding. If you meet someone incredible, like don't block them from being in your life, but do take it slow. Um, I'll say it's not the best time to pitch new projects, but if you've already been extended an invitation to do that, or if you've already been workshopping with someone, um, keep the ball rolling. Like continue to work on existing things with existing people behind the scenes. And that is actually a great Mars retrograde plan. Um, for actions you can take, edit, cut, revise, and change. So the action of Mars, like we've said, is cutting. And this can go for what area, whatever area of your life is activated by the transit. So like in the fifth house, revise a creative project. In the 10th house, you would cut out dead weight at your job. Um, but those items, especially with Mercury there, it's kind of combining the strategies for Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde. Those are going to be game changing. Um, next up, no sharp objects is a good rule of thumb. So that means no knives or needles if you can avoid it, um, including piercings, tattoos, or cosmetic surgeries. Um, obviously like medical procedures don't apply. Please take care of yourself. I am not a medical doctor. Um, but do know like you could have some complications or require more recovery time, which is, that just seems like an obvious reading because we are all exhausted anyway. So if you had to go through a health crisis at this time, of course you would be tired. Like obviously, um, again, work in secret, whatever you're doing, tell no one or tell as few people as possible. Like I always say, silence is one of the witch's powers. That is especially true now. So be silent so you can be audacious later. Um, next, manage your expectations. Uh, if you need to hear it, no one is advancing right now. <laughs> uh, so you don't have to have FOMO. Uh, instead, I would say just be here and experience the imminence of Aries and just be in the moment. Um, in addition to that, rest. Um, during Mars retrograde, expect your body to be more tired than usual um, or more overstimulated, especially this go-round um, since Aries is the body and yeah, it's just going to feel like a lot to everyone. Speaking of the body, again, be in your body. Um, sexuality can be a part of this. Exercise can be a part of this. Um, if you're differently abled, even breath work is a way to be in your body. Um, developing some kind of physical discipline or practice is the best kind of Mars remedi remediation I know. Um, yeah, the physical discipline of the body is so important now. Um, also... I would say be patient and kind to others, but protect yourself. So protection, magic, and spiritual cleansing are absolute must. So whatever that looks like to you, I know people are stuck inside and I'm not sure, you know, whether your roommates are okay with it or whether your apartment building has certain rules, but you can always, um, you know, putting down a line of salt in front of the door and sweeping it up, uh, just sweeping the floors from back to front and out the front door. Um, washing the floor with a special floor wash, doing a protection bath on yourself, having a candle that's like your Mars retrograde protection candle can help, um, having a protective talisman of some kind, um, even just like an evil eye amulet, any of these things, like whatever is right in your tradition, whatever rings true to you, like protection is important. I think this also applies to like common sense protection, like being situationally aware and um, protecting yourself while you're surfing online, um, you know, extend that out as far as you want to, but just take care of yourself. For the spiritual part, um, I love the book Spiritual Cleansing by Draja McHarrick and refer to it often. It has a great recipe for an evil eye cleansing bath and um, 
it will also like make your hair look good because it has apple apple cider vinegar in it. So yes, we love practical magic. Um, the last thing that I want to share with you is just take solace in the fact that every person on the earth right now is fighting their own battle and you're not alone. That's the thing about astrology is when we look at these transits, especially the really, really nasty ones, remember that it's not just you. These stars are acting on all of us and it can help you develop a practice of gratitude and compassion of seeing like, wow, we really are all in this together. We can help light the way for each other, even if it's blocked right now, right? Um, you can be that light for someone else, even if you can't be it for yourself. So take care of yourself. You are the best. If you made it all the way this far, I, I, <laughs> I already wish you all the best, but I especially wish you the best. Um, if this spoke to you in any way, I would love to invite you to join our awesome community of mystics on Patreon at patreon.com slash badastro. Um, my patrons get tons and tons of stuff. So there's monthly forecasts, monthly horoscopes, monthly terascopes, um, a Q&A video where you can ask a question about your chart, anything you want, um, and bonus episodes. So like there's a lot of free and free content on this channel, but like if you go to the paid section, to the VIP section, you get even, even more. Um, if you love this, also consider leaving a review on iTunes. It helps the magic algorithm show this to people who it could potentially help. And tell your friends, like whether it's posting it on Instagram or social media, uh, this is at Bad Astrologers, or just literally telling someone I listen to an awesome podcast and I want to share it with you. Um, it, it goes a long way. And I'm so grateful for everyone who has expressed their support for the show. I'm grateful for all the awesome guests that have joined and I have even incredible guests coming up in the fall. So um, just thank you for making bad astrologers a thing. I don't say that enough, but I mean it. So good luck with Mars retrograde and Aries. I'm thinking of you. Good luck, Godspeed, and I hope that victory will be yours soon. Bye.